Verse 13 to 17. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13 to 17, and just a reminder that this is the Word of God. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Amen. This is my life. <laughs> Thanks, Peter. I'd help you, but I don't know if I'd be much help. Um, hello, welcome. Uh, can we turn to the people around us and just say hello, because there's some new people here today. Just say hello. It's good to see you. Just uh, one more thing. Uh, if you haven't received one of these, um, please find one at the end of the service. These are just photos of all the infants who were baptized today, and also just short... Um, kind of answers to some questions that the three confirmation people wrote down. Um, and so please grab that. Uh, it'll have some great information in there. Uh, again, welcome uh, today to uh, yeah, a very special service. Uh, as Peter mentioned, this is what we're all about. Uh, we long to see people come to Jesus Christ, right, to really believe in Him and to give their lives to Him. And that's what we're celebrating today. We're celebrating um, you know, infants who you know, we pray and trust that God will bring to Himself and we're, praying, uh, we're celebrating uh, three people uh, who are being confirmed today. But as I begin, I'm just going to share a shortish sermon for us. Uh, it'll be about maybe 15 minutes, and then we'll jump into the fun stuff. Now, as I begin, let me ask you, if you stood before God today, what would you ask Him? Or if you stood before God, if today you, you, you woke up or you exited that door, and then you stood before God, what would you ask him? What would your one question to him be? And I think no matter who we are, whether this is even your first time at church or you've grown up in the church, if I just gave you five minutes, I think we'd all be able to figure out one or two or maybe 20 things that we would want to ask God. Some of us, we've been longing for that moment. Just to stand before God and say, oh God, you're real. Well, you know, there's a great chance because I've been meaning to ask you these things. Maybe you'd ask him why. God, why? Why did you let this happen? Why aren't these things changing? Why is there pain if you're a good God? You know, one of those questions. Maybe you'd ask him what? What should I do with this situation? Right, what should I do with that person? What should I do with my life? Or maybe it's something entirely different. But if you stood before God, what would your one question be? Some of us, we have like a scroll that we just pull out and shit fall to the ground and be like, well, God, I've got a thousand questions I've been meaning to ask you. Or just waiting to stand before him so we could ask him those questions. 
But when you and I stand before God, and we will, it's not an if, it's a when, whatever question you're thinking of will not be the most important question that is asked. And the question won't be coming from your lips. The most important question will come from God's lips. And he may not say it in this exact way that we'll look at today. And he may not even say it, right? I don't want to put words in God's mouth. But this will be the question that every single one of us will have to answer. Right? And that question is what we're going to look at today. Right? So we're going to verse 13. Right? Now, now, now I've got you listening. Verse 13. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea, Philippi, and that's a real place, by the way. It's 25 miles north of the Sea of Galilee. Jesus asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Who do people say that the Son of Man is, right? Who do people around you say that I am, right? This isn't the most important question, by the way. But this is an, this is a important question. Right? What do the people around you say about Jesus? And the reason why that's an important question is because for better or worse, each one of us are influenced by the people around us. So the people around us and what they say about Jesus matters. It influences us. It doesn't determine our beliefs, but it influences our beliefs. If your parents love Jesus, right, they say that Jesus is loving and great and he's their Lord and Savior, well, that will probably inf influence you as you grow up. On the flip side, if your parents hate Jesus, right, they're atheists or ag agnostic, they're against Christianity or they're of another religion, well, that will influence you too. If your friends go to church every week, that will influence you. Or if your friends, you know, I don't know, go to some other place that's not church and it's very bad, well, that will influence you too. Right? There's an old saying that goes, show me your friends and I'll show you who you are. Right? That's just saying your friends and the people around you have a huge influence on you. Right? So who do the people around you, who do they say Jesus is? You know, one part of what we're doing today is we're baptizing infants. We're going to baptize six infants. We've got Charlotte, we've got Chloe, Christy, Evan, Mabel, and Zoe. Right? I just noticed there's one, one boy there. Okay? All the girls are going to fight, fight for that one boy. Um, six infants. And what we're doing as we baptize them, one of the things is that we as a church, as a faith family, are welcoming them right, into this community. And the hope is that they would be influenced in this place for good and for God. Right, we're not trying to brainwash them. We're not trying to trick them. But as people who really believe in Jesus, who believe that what we read in the Bible is true, well, we want them to grow up in that place where the Bible is taught, where people pray, where the saints sing, where there is love, where there is service, and hope and trust that that would influence them and draw them to Jesus. Who do the people around you say that Jesus is? Right, it matters. Now for the disciples, this is what the people around them were saying. Verse 14. And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Right, they list a few things. They list four things. And clearly there's a lot of talk. People have been talking about this. 
Right? Who, do you, oh, who do you think Jesus is? Who do you think Jesus is? There's a lot of opinions about who Jesus might be. And they whittle it down. At least Peter, uh, at least the, the disciples say it's one of these. Now, each of these examples, great people. Right? It's good things. Jeremiah was one of the Old Testament's great prophets. Elijah may have been the supreme Old Testament prophet, right, according to the Jews. He was so great that he didn't die. God whisked him away in a chariot of fire, right, back into heaven. Right? You, know, you know that story? John the Baptist, a New Testament prophet. Jesus says, among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. Right? No one has been born of a woman that's better than John. Like greater than John, right? a great person. And some people thought that Jesus was John come back from the grave. Right? If you read a couple of chapters back, Matthew 14, that's what they talk about. And so they're saying good things about Jesus, positive things. He's a prophet, a great prophet, a great man, etc. And maybe that's where you are today. You want to say good things about Jesus. You want to be charitable toward Jesus. Sometimes when we want to do that, we say stuff like, Jesus is a wise man. Right? Maybe that's what you think. He was, had tremendous insights and principles, great things that I can learn in the Bible on how to live my life. Maybe that's what you think. Other people say that Jesus was an incredible storyteller. Oh, the parables of Jesus, right? they're so memorable. The parable of the prodigal son. What a great story. Jesus was a great storyteller. Some people say that Jesus was a good person. He was kind, loving, generous. He's someone that we should be like. Each of these examples are great things to say about Jesus. It's a great place to start. But we must go further than that. If all Jesus is to you is a wise man, an incredible storyteller, a good person, then you failed to really know who Jesus is. Calling someone great is always a compliment unless they're the greatest. And then it's offensive. I want you to imagine you're standing in front of Muhammad Ali in his prime, you know who he is, the boxer, and he just won a fight And you're standing there right next to him and you say, Muhammad Ali, you are a great boxer. Let me ask you, do you think he'd be complimented? I think he'd be offended. He'd say, a great boxer? What would he say to you? He'd say, I'm not a great boxer. I am the the greatest. Saying someone great is a compliment unless they're the greatest. Jesus is not just a mere wise man, storyteller, good person. He is exceedingly far more than all those things. He's even far more than just a man. He is the greatest. He is the perfect one. And we'll find out he's God. And so the people around, the disciples were saying this and that, but what they were saying fell short of who Jesus was. And so that Jesus comes, verse 14, to ask the question. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? But, regardless of what everyone else around you says, but who do you say that I am? 
Who do you, sitting here today, who do you say that Jesus is? On this question, and your answer to this question hinges eternity. On these seven words and your response to them, everything shifts. And your answer to it is the difference between being a Christian and a non-Christian. Between being forgiven by God for your sins or still being condemned for them. Between being welcomed into heaven to be with God for eternity or to be banished into hell to be with the devil. These seven words, and every single one of us, have to answer this question. It's so simple, right? But it all comes down to this. Who do you say Jesus is? What do you really say? In your heart, in your soul, who is he to you? That will change everything. Pastor John MacArthur, he says, This question is a question that no one can escape or avoid. Every soul, as it were, will be pinned against the wall of eternity and forced to answer that question. The question is, who do you say that Jesus is? What the people around you say, I said it's important because it influences us. But at the end of the day, that's all he can do. It all comes down to you and what you say, not what they say, what you will end up saying about Jesus. When you stand before God and he asks you, how will you respond? Only you can answer this for yourself. And so your parents might be devout Christians. They might have grown up in the church. They may be pastors, but that doesn't make you a Christian. You'll be sur- you could be surrounded by friends or be married to a spouse who's a Christian. That doesn't make you a Christian. It all comes down to what you say. Or who do you say that Jesus is? And so what's the right answer to this million dollar question? Verse 16. Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. What does Simon say? You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And for once, Peter says something right. If you know Peter in the Bible, he gets a lot of things wrong. Christ means Messiah, the anointed one. Throughout the Old Testament, God's people had been waiting for the Messiah, the Savior, who would be sent by God to, in a special way, do the will of God, to rescue God's people. And he's saying, that's you. Jesus, you're the one we've been waiting for to rescue and redeem us. He also says you're the son of the living God. You're not just a man, but you were sent from heaven. God, the creator of the universe, the sustainer of the universe, even at this moment, you are his son. And you've come down more than just a man, a wise man, a storyteller man, a good man. You are God, the son, who's come to save us. 
people around. The disciples said that Jesus might have been John the Baptist, Elijah, Jeremiah, or another prophet. Each of those examples are prophets. Jeremiah, Elijah, John the Baptist, or a prophet. And each of those prophets in the Old Testament and the New pointed to the Savior to come. That's what everyone's saying. Jesus, you're another person pointing to the Savior to come. What Peter understands or got right was that Jesus isn't pointing to anyone. He is the one everyone has been pointing to. He is the Savior. He's not just giving another prophecy. He is the fulfillment of all the prophecies. It's all come down to this person, Jesus. He is the one we've been waiting for. He is the answer to all of our questions. He is the way for us to go. He will rescue us from our death, from our sin. And we need to come to him and believe. In this one God-man, if we believe in him, our eternity shifts. Because he died on the cross. In the place that we should have died. Taking our sin on himself. So that the punishment has been paid. God has sent his son to make a way for you to be forgiven and to be welcomed back into his arms. This is who Jesus is. He's not just great, he is the greatest. He is therefore king, high priest, Lord, prophet, Messiah, savior. And that is who you must say Jesus is. If you want to whittle it down to its bare basics, Jesus is my Lord the one I submit to, and Jesus is my Savior, the one who has saved me from my sin. If that is your response in your heart, your eternity has changed. You are a child of God, and you are going to spend eternity with Him. And that's what we're celebrating today. That's what we're all about today. Today we're baptizing again six infants, we're welcoming them into this faith family, Kingsway, this church. The parents are determining to raise their children in a godly way. But in the midst of all of that, we need to understand. We might influence them for good and for God, but it has to come down to their decision. Today, the infant baptism doesn't save the children. One day they will grow up to be of age, And they must answer for themselves, who do I say Jesus is? We're waiting for that day. That they might then say, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. And so the three people who are being confirmed are people who were baptized as infants, have grown as adults, and have now decided, right, have have made that decision to say, Jesus is now my Lord and Savior. I believe that for myself. And that's what we're celebrating with the adults today. Who do you say that Jesus is? Jesus is their Lord and Savior. And we're going to do that in just a minute. But right before we do that, I just want to point out one more thing. Because I feel like if we moved on from here, all of our attention will be on the babies and will be on the adults being confirmed. And that maybe we might think it's about them. Today's about the babies. Today's about the adults. 
Today's about a decision that the babies have to make. Or today's about a decision that the adults have made. But it's not. Today is about God. In the midst of everything we're doing, it's not about us. It's all about God. I just want to read the end of verse 17. Jesus says, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. All right, do you get that? Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, Peter. You didn't figure this out by man's wisdom, man's knowledge. Peter, you weren't sitting there and you were like, oh, I get it. You didn't make you get it. God made you get it, he says. This was revealed by my Father who is in heaven. It is about, today is about not our decision to follow Jesus, but God's decision to make us follow Jesus. And so as we baptize these babies, we're waiting for a moment when they will stand up before the church and say, I believe that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. But that's not their decision ultimately. It's God's decision to bring them to that place. And even as our brothers and sisters stand and they are being confirmed and say, Jesus is my Lord and Savior, and we clap, we're not praising them. We're praising God. Because God brought them to this place where they understood, where they felt the gravity of their sin, where a light bulb went off in their minds and they saw the beauty of Jesus Christ. And they understood that in Him, by grace, through faith, they are saved freely. And there was a decision that they made then. Yes, but way before that, God had decided. And he worked in their lives to bring them to that place. God is the one who saves. And so today, baptize these infants, but it's about God. We're going to hear, we're going to hear from our brothers and sisters who are being confirmed. It's about God. And if you're sitting here, not a believer, but there's a pull in your heart, there's something that you know, is drawing you to church, drawing you to Jesus, well, that's not you. That's God. God is the one who's at work in your heart. He's drawing you to himself. Don't resist. Right? He wants to bring you to himself to believe in Jesus. Go along for the ride. Who do you say that Jesus is? If you decide that he is your Lord and Savior, your eternity will shift just like the people being confirmed today. So I want to invite us to pray and to spend 30 seconds rolling that question through our minds, just quietly answering to ourselves, who do you say that Jesus is? And if you are a Christian here today, we praise God because if you know the right answer and you really believe God brought you to that place. And even if you're not a Christian here today, I want you to really wrestle with that. Your eternity is hinged on your answer to this question and whether he is your Lord and Savior. Let's spend a bit of time in prayer. Let's pray.
Let me pray for us. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would work in our hearts in this very moment. We have looked at your word. We have looked at your son. We've looked at the question that stands before each and every one of us. Who do we say that Jesus is? I pray that you would convict every one of us who have not given our lives to Jesus, who have not believed in who he is, turned from our old way of living, and decided to follow him as our Lord and Savior. I pray you would pull our hearts. God, I believe that there are people sitting here in this room. We know that there's something going on in our lives. There's a reason we're sitting here in church. Our hearts are discontent, living the way that we have been living. Help us to have the faith to know and believe that that is you, at work. Your hand is in our lives and you are bringing us to your son. So God, I ask that you would reveal Jesus to those brothers and sisters. Bring them to that moment where they will decide for themselves that Jesus is their Lord and Savior and then turn and praise you, acknowledging that you brought them to that place. And God, as we baptize our infants, we commit them to you. God, you are the one who must save. And so we baptize them. And God, as we hear from the confirmation, the the brothers and sister, we acknowledge, God, that you are the one who has saved. And so at the end of the day, it's about you. It's about your work. It's about your grace. And all the glory is given to you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.